1: Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane here with our Mental Performance Mastery Group Coaching Program. And first, wanted to just welcome everybody to today's group coaching call brought to you by Fundraising University. And let you know that Fundraising University offers a variety of fundraising efforts to help teams and students run profitable, effective, and fast-paced fundraisers Designed to raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time to reach their fundraising goals. So, if you're interested in running a fundraiser with Fundraising University or interested in owning a Fundraising University franchise, please contact Zach Sorensen. That's Z Sorensen at fundraisingu.net. Z Sorenson, Sorensen, S O R E N S E N at fundraisingu.net zach's a former major league baseball player he's also the current mental performance coach for the atlanta braves so zach is a good friend of mine as well and somebody who i think you'd enjoy chatting with about fundraising university opportunities as well as mental games So we're going to put his email information there inside of the chat now time to get down to it been looking forward to this call for a long time Ellie Cooper, man, I go all the way back, had Ellie, I think, as a camper at Florida State University in softball, and then as a player at Florida State University, and then worked with her as a grad student assistant coach there, and then as a softball coach at East Carolina University, and now back in Tallahassee with the Florida State Seminoles in their softball program who just won their regional that they hosted and had a pitcher throw a perfect game in the game that pushed them on into a super regional where they will be hosting the University of Georgia this weekend all games on ESPN and you're going to get to see the Noles compete one pitch at a time. As the player performance director, uh, Coop focuses on implementing and developing the mental game and player performance while assisting with technology the day-to-day operations of Florida State softball um, and super excited for her to talk about kind of her experience and that her four seasons at florida state they won four acc championships they reached four ncaa super regionals in the women's college world series twice she's been a team member of the national team of new zealand and most importantly coop is a fitness dominator we were supposed to do Ironman Arizona together in March of 20 or in November of 2020 after the pandemic hit. Now, I remember about three days before they raced, they canceled it. And uh, Coop and I will I'll never forget that phone call. Coop, thank you for being here. And, and thanks for joining us here on the group coaching program.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this one. It's like you know me or something. We've known each other for a long time. so.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a sister, but if I did Coop, you probably would be my sister. So excited to kind of dive in here and learn more about what you're doing as the Director of Mental Performance for Florida State Softball. But let's rewind it and take it all the way back now. Your entry point into mental performance and sports psychology. Take us back there. When was that?
0: So, I mean, if we go all the way back, my I didn't even know about mental performance until I met you, which you mentioned would go all the way back to you would come into the Florida State camps. And I was a camper at the time being recruited by Florida State. And you would come in and you would do the mental performance session. So just got a little dose of Brian Kane. And I was like, I've never experienced this in my life. And I knew that it was something that like I needed, especially when I was in high school. Um then go into end up um, coming to Florida state and we worked with you. You are a performance coach um, at Florida state. And I mean, I think like a little bit of my story is like, I was pretty highly recruited athlete. I come into Florida state. I had a really good fall. I earned a spot in the starting lineup. My freshman year, I started at first base took me about 20 games to fail enough to work my way out of the lineup. And I was failing because I was just like, didn't know how to deal with the, honestly, just like wanting it so bad, just loving, like living my dream and just didn't really know how to deal with the pressure of living my dream. And then I start failing more than I've ever failed and didn't know how to deal with the failure. And, um, so that's kind of how it worked and, and took myself out of the line. I wasn't mad at anyone, but myself, it was totally mental. It wasn't because I wasn't prepared. It wasn't because I, you know, didn't do my extra work. It wasn't because I was getting bad grades and couldn't manage my time. It was genuinely because I did not know how to deal with failure and the pressure of just living my dream in general. Um, mm-hmm. So that pressure obviously came from myself. It didn't come from anyone else. Um, and then just really dove into the mental game. I was super bought into everything that we talked about with you and just chipped away at it. I kind of became that 10th ten, player, the the pinch hitter the I would come in on defense in sixth and seventh um kind of kid and we ended up going to the world series for the first time in program history that year um and then I, I remember we were playing Baylor Whitney Canyons on the mound. She's a six-year senior. I'm 18 years old living my dream. And there's like a 24-year-old on the mound. And I just remember being super bought into my routine and my breathing and then everything that you and I had talked about. And I ended up hitting a double in that at bat. And that was like the moment where it clicked for me. And I just like never looked back. I was super into the mental side of the game. So use that to my advantage for the rest of my career. And I ended up starting every game for, you know, the rest of my career and, um, had a pretty decent career at Florida state. And so that's kind of where my love for it came from. Um, and then when I was at East Carolina university, we brought you in, um, to work with our program. And, um, I think just being at East Carolina and kind of being away from Florida state and being on the other side of it, I just realized how much I'd I loved that part of the game. I've always loved coaching softball, but what kind of made me who I was and what I really, really loved about the game was kind of the mental challenge of it. And I just started to see how more relevant it was becoming. And there wasn't many females in the space and there was just such a big need and a market for it. So I remember, I remember calling you and and just being like Kane or like, I think this is what I want to do. And I obviously would never really know that it was something that I could pursue without you you know being the the forerunner in that so um and and i did i just i left east carolina and i i moved to orlando to do some lessons to just kind of keep my feet on the ground while i tried to get into this mental performance stuff took the certification and then ended up starting my own little side gig of mental performance and that's kind of where it started um and then obviously this summer got the call from Coacha about um you know this director of player performance role, which is, um, the first one kind of full-time NCAA softball. So pretty cool for that. So that's kind of my, my story.
1: Yeah. I mean, how very cool that now you, you have gone full circle from a camper at Florida state to a player at Florida state to, you know, coaching college softball, at East Carolina, starting your own business, entrepreneur wise, doing lessons in mental performance. And then head coach Lonnie Alameda at Florida state calls you back. And this is your one. She calls you back and says, Hey, Coop, We got we now want to have you be our director of player performance, largely around mental performance and other things that you can coach in softball. But how much of your time would you say in the director of player performance would be related to mental performance coaching versus you're flipping balls, you're hitting ground balls, you're doing softball things like how much time are you dedicating into mental performance at, by the way, the number three ranked team in the country, the ACC champions?
0: Yeah. I mean, all of it really. Um, I actually can't do anything with softball skills. So compliance wise, NCAA, I really don't do, I don't do any type of like softball skills, teaching or Mm -hmm. training. Um, So majority, I would say 75% of my time is just being that person who like, I send out like a Calendly link to my team every week and they individually can sign up with me. So I do a lot of individual sessions during the day. So that would be like, pre-practice stuff. Yep. is just like the one-on-one. And then we usually have a classroom session once a week where um, we're doing something with the mental perfor- performance side of the, of, of stuff. And then we kind of have a player performance team. So we obviously have our strength and conditioning coach who's great. We have our nutritionist, um, our, our athletic trainer, and I kind of tie everyone together. I also spend a lot of time just, Really, holding the girls accountable and helping them with their time management and just making sure they're taking care of everything that they need to take care of, and then kind of in practice, um, we do some mental performance stuff, obviously too, but again, I'm kind of just that person there, kind of like just watching sitting back, um watching their body language, seeing how they're reacting to certain things, holding them accountable to what they say they want, um so just kind of that little person that's always in their ear. Um, in mm. a good way, just trying to help guide them and use my experience and the tools that I've learned to help them become the best version of themselves.
1: Love that. Love that. I think that's kind of the goal, right? And that's part of what, it, what attracted me to coach Mike Bahoon and fundraising university was a transformational investment into coaches becoming the best version of themselves, right? Not a transactional, hey, we're a fundraising company that's going to come in, raise funds and then leave. But they're a company that's going to invest in you, invest in your program, invest in your staff and your players and provide amazing opportunities like this to sit down and talk with one of the premier and one of the only full-time mental performance coaches in all of college athletics. And I think the only one that I know of in college softball. So Coop, talk to us about, you say 75% of my time is invested into mental performance coaching. And you send out the Calendly link, which I think is great. The Calendly link is is a way for people to schedule calls with you without having to go back and forth of, hey, when are you free? Can you do this? Can you do that? You send them your calendar, they book a call, and then you guys get after it. And then when you talked about doing team sessions in a classroom once a week, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best things that a coach can do is to use the classroom to teach mental game, culture, but also skills looking at film. Take us through... What does some of those classroom sessions look like for you in the Seminoles?
0: Yeah, we we take pride in the smarts of, of the game and just athletics in general. That's one of our core values. So um, just the – I would say – It From the fall to the spring, it changes. Um, In the fall, what we were doing once a week was we we read It Takes What It Takes as a team um, in the fall. So once a week, we would cover a chapter Mm -hmm. and we would tie that together with just like our team and the book. And then I would get some type of mental performance, like little um, nugget or tool to implement based off of also what they were reading with the book. So that's kind of what that would look like in the fall with the team sessions was that, and then just really helping with the culture calendar is what our head coach, Lonnie um, Alameda talks about. I help her with the culture calendar. So we do have our core values. We have our mission. We have our vision that we created with you a long time ago, but we still implement it on a weekly basis. It our kids that are being recruited that are coming in. They know our core values and, and we, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior, we're hitting on our core values once a week, especially in the fall, really setting the tone there with that. And then now once we're in the spring, so we're in the heat, you know, we're in postseason now, but in the spring um, we would kind of start off the week. We started calling it tell the truth Tuesdays. It was usually happening on a Tuesday because Monday would be our off day. So um, kind of what Cocha would do. Um, she would break down film um, of just kind of learning opportunities. So just recently, we started doing, I know when you came in the fall, so Kander still comes on campus once in the fall with us. And then I'm also kind of the daily inflammation of some of the things we work on with him mm-hmm. um, as well. So super grateful for that opportunity. But we watched the video with the Blue Angels. Um, you showed that video to us where the Blue Angels kind of go through after they do all of their flights, they go through their safeties and they kind of just hold themselves accountable and take ownership of some of the things that they could have done better. And they say, you know, I had a safety and they say, kind of say what they did wrong and what they're going to do better moving forward. And then they end with, but I'm happy to be here. I'm grateful to be here. So we kind of started doing that. So we start watching our film. And then what well, we start with, does anyone have any safeties? And the team kind of goes around and, and, you know, they'll say their safeties, whether they're getting internal, maybe they took themselves out of an at-bat, maybe they made a base running error, um, something something like that. Maybe they responded poorly to an umpire, uh, bad call, something like that. So hitting on that accountability piece and, you know, just taking ownership of that and and kind of. Explaining how they're going to move forward and then I'm happy to be here and then we'll kind of go into our um, film where coach it kind of breaks everything down good stuff bad stuff just always using things and, and trying to not be so judgmental on our performance is good or bad um, kind of using it as growth moments learning moments. Um, Just so we know that we're getting better every single week, whether we swept the series or we lost the game, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're going to continue to learn just because we're winning. We're not sweeping stuff under the rug, Um, just stuff like that.
1: Yeah, which is hard to do, right? It's really easy when you're winning a lot of games to just kind of look or your company's making a lot of money, like looking the other way and just going, okay, well, we're succeeding. but. It's the behaviors that got you to the point that made you successful. And if you don't continue to address those behaviors, it's a slippery slope and you can go backwards. I mean, last year, this day last year mm-hmm. was feeling a lot different in Tallahassee than it is this year. Yep. You For know, sure. la-
0: and that, that's part of the reason is, you know, they, they talk, I wasn't there last year. I obviously right. knew what happened. Um, but they talked a lot about just kind of like they were the, winning so much. There was stuff Little things that were just being swept under the rug, being masked by the winning. Oh, we're mm-hmm. winning, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. And we have taken the complete opposite end of that spectrum this year, and I think that's the reason we responded so well yesterday.
1: Yeah, and that last so so yesterday was the third day of the regional championship in Tallahassee. And last year, Florida State goes into that. They, they got they have to they got to play Mississippi State. Mississippi State has to beat Florida State twice. Florida State hadn't lost, I think, two games like. Like oh, I, I didn't even I didn't even watch the games because I'm like there's no way Florida State's going to lose two games in the same day and then I go look at scores later and I felt like someone had died that they lost because I knew how hard those what would have been invested and how hard everybody works and then this year you guys play South Carolina on Sunday another SEC team mm-hmm. better than Mississippi State last year and Cat throws in a perfect game yeah we, what, we what lost so
0: we lost game one
1: did you know that no I did not know that you guys yeah. lost okay.
0: Yeah, we lost game one, four to nothing. Cat did not throw. So that was game two. Cat, you know, Cat being Cat, she wasn't obviously going to let last year happen. But it was a completely different vibe. Like the girls were even saying with the loss, like just a completely different vibe than it Mm. was last year. But that's because of all of the things we did all year long to make sure that when adversity hit, things didn't go our way. We had things to go to Mm. that wouldn't let us go back to where we were last year. So, it's literally like we have worked on all of the things that help them respond all season long for, to put them in that position, lose game one. Well, not game one. That was game three of the regional yeah, for yeah. us, but we just needed one more win. Um, South Carolina had to beat us twice and they did. They shut us out game one, but.
1: And it's really easy. That's amazing. I've on the West coast here now, right in Arizona. I looked it up. But I was on Twitter following it and I, and, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Florida state won. Wow. She threw a perfect game. I didn't realize it was game two. I got a, I got a late start to the day that day. Um, the, uh, the message from Lonnie and the staff after game one, what's that sound like?
0: Yeah. I mean, just take the girls in the locker room and not make the loss bigger than what it was. Like we lost the game because we didn't make adjustments at the plate. We didn't take care of the ball early in the game. Like in, and, and and the message is we are built for this. We have been trained for this all year long. We have responded to adversity so well all year long because of the work that we have been putting in. And then it's just goes straight back to game plan. We learned a lot during that game. So we got really good information on the pitcher. We got really good information on how they run the bases and how they play the game. And Mm -hmm. we're going to use that information to our advantage. We're going to make the adjustments and we're going to go execute pitches one pitch at a time, full effort and go play florida state softball and it, that's what it was it wasn't
1: the total winners and learners mentality
0: yeah it's what we've been all, doing all year right that's the classroom yeah. sessions yeah, yeah, whether yeah. we won the game or lost the game we're going to go get in the classroom what did we learn hmm. and it's the same approach we're not going to change anything just because it's postseason and our season's on the line we're going to go straight back to what's made us successful all year long what did we learn from that game how are we going to execute better moving forward all right kat you go get the ball. You keep doing what you've been doing all season long, and and chances are we're going to win a softball game. Mm,
1: love that. Just get back to process. Here's for playing to your point. You said playing Florida State softball, and I can see the chats kind of blowing up here. I want to make sure people realize. Ask a question anytime. Post a question in there. I'll field the question. I'll ask it to Coach Cooper here, and we'll get it going. Coop, you said coming back and playing Florida State softball, and one of the things all the coaches that we've had here. In this group coaching program, they've alluded to that they have a specific culture, whether it was Cliff Godwin talking about Pirates, or it was Jim Schlossnagel talking about Relis at Texas A&M, or Coach Moziello talking about the culture they created in, in Columbus at Ohio State. You're talking about the culture of Florida State softball. I'm going to share my screen here and pull this up. Would you kind of walk us through the mission, the vision, and the core values of Florida State softball?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. So our... Five core values are with f sac so uh family smart aggressive competitive committed these have been our core values since i think
1: 2014 yeah. or 15 10 yeah. so, uh, somewhere on there i'd have to go back and look but it's, it's, yeah. it's been it's been it's been A for definitely time. more than six years yeah
0: yeah, a, a really long time. So those are our core values, right? So those are the behaviors um, that kind of help us execute our vision. So the vision is kind of all of the process steps that we want to achieve throughout the year, which we're doing a great job of right now. We actually just talked about this um, the other day. And it's kind of funny, one of our freshmen, Avery Brooke she's from California. Um, she Came up to me the other day, and she's like, Ellie, we just checked off another part of our process, and she's just like super bought into the staircase of the process. So, um, the mission is give your all to the team every day, so gate, um, give your all to the team every day. That's that's the ultimate mission of Florida State softball, and then our vision, um, right there. Obviously, every year we want to win every ACC series, check, did that this year, win the ACC regular season, check, did that this year, win 40 plus games, check, did that this year. Won the ACC tournament, boom, hosted a regional. We are about to host a super regional. So we're really just going one step at a time. We are a product of the process. Kat Sandra Cox' perfect game is a product of the process, right? It, it does not happen by chance. It happens by intention. Hmm. So what helps us accomplish this vision is our behavior. So that's where we go to our core values. Um, and then the above the line, below the line behavior. So yeah, our core values are smart, family smart, aggressive, competitive, committed, but what does that actually look like behaviorally? You can talk about your core values and your mission and your vision all you want, but it really comes down to the behavior. If you don't have the behavior to match any of that, it's just a bunch of fluff on paper. So Mm. um, we're about that action at Florida State. So we're really about that behavior piece of living above the line. We talk about Mm. it all the time. We talk about, um, that's why we're so... Heavy on you know hitting the culture the the mission the vision the core values in the fall because we know it's the behavior that's really gonna get us to where we want to go, and that is a process that does take time for these kids to understand um and build and really ingrain in them, so take a lot of pride in that as you know i I really do believe at Florida State we just out culture and we out team teams i don't- I really don't necessarily think that we have the most talented team in the country physically. Um, but I think we have a lot of talent and a lot of culture that eats the teams that are just really, really talented.
1: I mean, one of the things I get asked a lot, right. About, about Florida state and had, and had, you know, multiple teams in the NCAA tournament this year. And, you know, when people ask me about Florida state, I say, they out team, their team, they out, they will compete the competition. It's just part of their process and what they do. And, It's it's not surprising to me that you handled the adversity from yesterday the way that they did, because to your point, you are built for this and fundraising university is built to help coaches dream big and raise more. And they offer a variety of fundraising efforts to help teams and students run profitable, effective and fast paced fundraisers. Designed to raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time to reach your fundraising goals. So, if you're interested in running a fundraiser or potentially being a franchise owner, especially in the areas of Chicago, Central Arkansas, South Florida, please contact Zach Sorensen. That's Z Sorensen at fundraising.net to learn how to get started with Fundraising University. And I'll post that in the chat there so people can can grab Zach's email. Ellie, one of the questions that came in here said, um, Coach, in the anticipation of our call. I watched Kat Sandercock pitch closely yesterday. Kat Sandercock is the All-American pitcher for Florida State. When Coop says Coacha, that's Coach Lonnie Alameda, that's her nickname. That's the head softball coach at Florida State, just to clarify for people, because I know Coacha, you know Kocha, everyone else is going, who's Coacha?" It's the head softball coach at Florida State, Lonnie Alameda. So, Catherine, she was amazing. As you know, she threw a perfect game. My question is, it's clear she does a lot of deep breathing that looks like kind of red, yellow, green lights. But I'm interested in what her self-talk is and can because I, I can see her doing that almost every at-bat. So three-part question here. Let's unpack that. First, Coach uh, Cooper, why is it so important that athletes do deep breathing as a part of their routine in softball?
0: Yeah, uh, it's huge. Um, there's a lot of pitches in softball. Number one, a lot of people talk about slowing the game down. Um, to me, it's like, get get as green as you can, right? We talk about our green lights, yellow lights, red lights. Like your breath helps you get as green as you can in that moment. Um, the breath does a lot of things, helps turn on your vision, helps lower the heart rate. It's basically, if you just think about it, as down regulation. So that's part of it. That's the slowing the game down, the game of softball, the game of baseball. It's so fast paced that it can it can really speed up on you if you don't know how to separate pitches. So we talk a lot about playing one pitch at a time. My goal as a performance, a mental performance coach for a softball team, is to get them to playing one pitch at a time. It takes so much time to get Mm. kids there. It took me time to get there. You know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of intention to get there. And, and one of the best ways to be able to play one pitch softball is to make sure you're breathing before every single pitch Kat Sandra takes a ton of pride in her routine and she knows her routine is what separates her from her competition. Mm. Um, she uses that as a tool, as an asset to her performance. Um, so she's super intentional about that. So just, you know, as my job in the fall, we really hit on routines early. We get in there, whether you're a freshman or you're, you're a senior in the fall, we're hitting routines. We've got to start to implement that into the daily practices. Um, but again, you have to have clarity on that. You, you don't want to just, I'm not, I'm breathing with intention. I'm not just breathing. So that intentional piece, you have to have clarity on what, what that routine looks like. So we work a ton of that in the fall and then little doses, um, just, you know, little hits of reminders in the spring. So
1: now, when you talked about signal lights, right, we, we've we talked a lot here about like you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And green light means I'm in control. Yellow light means I'm losing control. Red light means I've lost control. So um, anything that you do, Coop, before we get into the self-talk piece, anything that you do with your players at Florida State to help them become more aware of their signal lights?
0: Yeah. So like, for example, a session in the fall as a team, we're going to bring out the signal light sheet you know, the body language focused, self-talk, green light, yellow light, red light, like certain situations, like again, awareness, you can't change something you're not aware of. You have to be aware of what sends you into your yellow lights. You have to be aware of what sends you into your red lights because they are different. But if you're not aware of that, you're not going to know the difference between a yellow light and a red light. So getting clarity on the awareness piece of that. And then the same thing, like in the fall, like just holding people accountable when they're reacting in a certain way, like talking through with them, like, where they are at, where they feel like they are at, because sometimes some athletes, like the perception is they are they're not present, but they think that they are. So having conversations around that. So like if I see something saying something, especially early in the fall to create that awareness. And then obviously sitting down and working with them, okay, what's your yellow light routine? What's your red light routine? Cat mm-hmm. Sandercock. She has her green light routine. She has her yellow light routine and she has her red light routine. And she will tell you what she's looking at, how she's breathing, how she's moving, what she's saying to herself. She's a fifth year senior. And then she works on it. You know, Mm. she works on it. We do shadow bullpens in the fall. Um, She works on it in her bullpens. Obviously every time she goes in there, she treats it like she's on, on the playing field. Um, They actually do purposely throw a lot of bullpens on the field um with coaches so she's really good about implementing the mental game in the bullpen too just as as their pitching coach
1: so now now to the self-talk piece so if you watch her pitch on tv you can kind of see see she, she's sort of mouthing to herself any idea what she's saying there
0: um our pitchers are really good about knowing their pitch cues mm-hmm. so they have their pitch cues. so um, whether it's just a verbal trigger to get her to the next pitch. Um, she's really good about eyeing up her teammates, eyeing up her catcher. You'll see her do this a lot. Hey, me and you right here. It just keeps her external. Mm. Um, so that's really good with the external piece. We want our athletes to play externally. As soon as we get internal, that's where we're not present anymore anymore. We're probably focused on a past mistake, dwelling on a past mistake, or we're, you know, too concerned about an outcome in the future. So playing externally, um, just she's very, she's a very confident pitcher. She's worked really hard to gain that confidence, right? Confidence is a choice, but we also have to work on, you know, that self-talk, that body language. She is again, a product of the process. I guarantee you her freshman year, she was saying completely different things to herself than she is as a fifth year senior who has had a ton of experience um, playing in some pretty tough softball games. So probably pitch cues, probably some confidence conditioning, probably saying, so what next pitch? I don't need it. I don't care. Go get stuff like that.
1: So, you know, it's really interesting that we're talking about this idea of self-talk and, you know, great video that just, just, I just found it. Someone sent it to me today from Twitter, um about self-talk and having three keys to keep it simple i know this is a strategy that we've used with the Seminoles' coupe, and i just want to play this video for everybody it's of uh, jake fraley with the cincinnati reds and how he took a concept from sean casey about three keys to keep it simple let's take a look as jake fraley approaches the plane he's been open about the mental process that he uses in these spots. What has he told you, Jim Day? Well, he has a mental performance coach, Brian Kane, and actually shares the mental coach with Sean Casey. Now, Sean Casey talked on MLB Network about carrying a card that says this in his back pocket when he's a player. See the ball, be easy, hammer it. Fraley loved that, because he needs mental resets throughout the game. So he thought to himself, okay, I'm gonna put my own sayings on there. Well, then he decided nothing's better than that. I'm just going to use Casey's. That card is the actual card that is probably in his back pocket right now. He resets with it all the time and gives Sean Casey all the credit. That was G- So being able to have that index card, right? Of three keys, see the ball, be easy hammer. Like you can, you can do that with anybody. I use that with every, every, every athlete, the guy in the Toronto Maple Leafs, he'd have the same three keys that he would take and he'd run them down and put them in his coat pocket, leaving his hotel or his apartment or his house to to get to the arena, right? So um, having the three keys to keep it simple is a strategy, is that something that you've used, Coop, in Florida State?
0: Yeah, yeah. I talk a lot about it with, you know, the pitchers and the hitters, like, When you're your best, what are you doing? Like what are three things you're doing when you're your best right now for where you're at? Because it can change. Some people stay grounded in that that's their grounding piece, you know, see the ball be easy, hammer it. Like that's their grounding piece for sure. Sometimes athletes can change depending on where they're at, you know, mechanically, mentally in, in the state that they're in with whatever they're performing. So yeah. um, Again, If you don't know the answers to those questions, you're going to underperform. So helping athletes get clear on things like that and just asking them really good questions to bring those things to the surface because they don't always think about those things. So as like a coach, like if you can ask really good questions to bring things like that to the surface to kind of see where your athletes are at because they could say something and it could be really far off for what you're actually seeing, or they could say something and it's money and they're in a really good spot and just you reassuring them of that. um, It's huge.
1: Yeah. I I know, I know Mike Bianco, the baseball coach at Ole Miss, we've had on here, you know, and they won the national championship last year. And one of the things he would have is he would have an Excel sheet of players and it would have their pre-pitch routine, what they were looking at, taking their breath, their radio light release, They would have their three keys to keep it simple. And I remember being with them in years past. We've been doing this now for almost a decade. He's in the dugout, and he would say to a hitter, hey, see it up, see it up, get your foot down. And you'd see him, he literally would have written down in front of him what the three keys were for that hitter. So the coaching cues that he's now giving to a player who he thinks are in yellow light are not like, hey, it's going to be okay. He's going, no, lock in on seeing the ball up and getting your foot down, which is what you do when you're playing your best. And for the hitter to hear that, triggers them getting back into what it is that they're doing when they're playing their best to your point. Coop. I got so many questions coming in here and just even questions I have for you about the program. One of which is the one more board. I know it's something that's big for you inside of the, 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 the the, uh, batting cage that you guys have. Would you unpack the one more board for us, please?
0: Yeah. So our one more board, it's in our batting cages. Um, The girls can ride in dry erase. It can be erased, obviously. So it's changing. So the one more board is basically like, what is the athlete's one more? So mm. every athlete, yes, we are a team. We are working on things as a team, but a better me is a better we, right? Every mm. athlete's on a different journey. They're working on different things mechanically, physically, mentally. So what is your one more as an athlete that's going to make you better I'm going to be a better version of myself. If I do this for my team is the ultimate goal. So in the fall and in the spring, a lot of the one more is it's, it's probably like in the fall, it kind of starts as like physical stuff, like mechanical stuff that they're working on pitchers, working on a new pitch hitters, working on some mechanics. Maybe some people are working on putting on some weight. Maybe some work are, are working on getting faster, stronger in the weight room, things like that in the fall. And then as we get into the spring, you kind of start to see it change week to week based off of their performance on the weekend. So we check in with it every week. We meet up. So we'll do our like tell the truth Tuesdays and then we'll come down. We'll meet at the one more board um, and we'll put an X or a check. It's a zero or a one. You did it or you didn't do it. There is no. And if you didn't do it every day, you didn't do it. Right. So that's the standard at Florida State zero or one check or X. And if you need to change it, then you can have the opportunity to change it. And, and like, so like now we're getting into season now athletes are like, I need to drink more water. I need to eat three meals. I need to make sure I'm eating three meals a day. I need to make sure I'm doing my recovery every day with our athletic trainers, stuff like that starts to pop up in the spring. And then now that we're in postseason, I just changed the one more a little one more board a little bit to what they're committed to mentally. Like we know that once we get into postseason, the most mentally strong teams um, are the ones that are going to go further in the season. So um, what are they committed to executing mentally right now is kind of their one more. Um, And then actually, I don't know if you, I'm sure a lot of people on here maybe uh, call the success hotline, but Dr. Gilbert gave us a shout out the other day and, his message to us and, and just in general, which we talk about a lot is full effort, one pitch at a time. So I had everyone we started this week's one more board with everyone has their, you know, mindset. They did their X or their check. We started it before ACC's and then I had them all write down every single person, Full effort, one PAT. So full effort, one pitch at a time. So everyone has their little own individual mental thing that they're committed to right now. But as a full squad, we are committed to full effort, one pitch at a time. So today's an off day. Tomorrow we'll go do Tell the Truth Tuesday. We'll go down to the one more board. We'll see who actually committed to their mindset or maybe who lost it a little bit. We'll use it as a learning moment. We'll talk through it. Um, we'll just get a good little mental check-in. Everyone needs to check up from the neck up every once in a while. So we'll see where we're there, see where they're at.
1: Awesome. Coop. I know this fall, one of the things that I stuck out to me when I was down there was the t-shirts that you all had for practice. I don't know if you have one on, but on the back, oh. every one of the t-shirts, right? So sure. let's call it twenty-five to thirty women out there on the team and yep. twenty-five to thirty different slogans on the back of the shirt where the name would go. Things like confidence is a choice, things like How you do anything is how you do everything. Get big, attitude is a decision. One pitch warriors, FSAC core principles. What was the brainchild behind the t shirts and every day having those represent a different aspect of your mental performance program?
0: Yeah. So again, it's just like, how can we make these connections? So we're always brainstorming as a staff of like all of the things that we talk about how can we just keep connecting it with the kids and talking about it a little, a lot, right? A little, a lot versus a lot, a little. So I would say some programs, they probably have some really good conversations. They probably bring some people in do some really good stuff. And then they get so caught up in practice and the physical stuff and, and just the grind of the season that they forget to reconnect to what connected them Mm -hmm. and what, you know, they take pride in. So we like, we, we do all kinds of t-shirts just to give to the kids. And when we wear the t-shirt, we'll talk about, why are we wearing this t-shirt? What does this t-shirt mean to you? Why is that on your back? Like just all of these things and creating connection with one another, getting to understand each other um, and, and what makes us different and using that to our strengths. So I think that I mean, we talk, we take a lot of pride in the men's game at Florida state. We take a, we take a lot of pride in a lot of things at Florida state. So Just those grounding pieces that just keeps us connected to who we are and what we do and why we do what we do because we know that gratitude is probably one of the strongest um, things that any human being can have and being a student athlete is a lot it becomes a grind. And just keeping that in the front of their mind for when things get hard, keeping them grounded and why they do what they do is is super powerful. But again, it doesn't happen by chance. It happens by intention. And if you just pull random things out, it just doesn't hit as as well as the little connections made so often throughout the year.
1: Got a lot more questions coming at you here, Coach Cooper. One of the things you talk about is the toughest shit socks. (laughs) Break that down for us.
0: Okay. Again, a connection piece. So we've been, you know, last year they lost to Mississippi State in a regional and they just, we, we, we started off the season. We watched the game. I wasn't even there. Wasn't even there. I, I am very connected to the program. I've, I always come back, but I wasn't at the game was the first time they all watched the game no one's watched the game and they're watching the game and they couldn't actually believe how internal they were everyone was on an island everyone was so internal and mentally gone that they couldn't even see that their teammates were doing the same thing they were that's how bad it was and they lost they lost two games in a row right and they're going home and they're the number two seed in the country so obviously huge upset right there right so, what are we going to do this year that's going to not let that happen? Use it as a learning opportunity. That is fueling our fire right now with purpose, with intention, not just, oh, let's not let that happen again kind of thing. So, we've been just really working on being tough all year long. And I'm walking on campus with our assistant coach, uh, Kaylee Rafter, and we're walking down campus and there's this little market and there's these socks. I don't know why I like socks. I like socks. It's just keeps everything a little bit lighthearted, you know, business everywhere, but keep the socks a little bit of fun. Right. So uh, we're, I'm looking at all of these socks and Kaylee goes, Oh, look, Ellie, like, look at these socks. You need these socks. And it's the socks. They turns out I'm tough as shit. And I was like, no, I'm buying these socks. And what we're going to do is we are going to give, we are going to give these socks to the toughest person of the weekend. So then I got to break down. Okay. What does tough mean? Because kids Mm. love clarity. they like to know why, Mm. what does tough mean? Obviously we talk about it a lot, but like to me at Florida state, I define toughness as one's ability to stay present and compete no matter what is thrown their way in life and in softball. So it's a week by week basis. I take life stuff into consideration because stuff happens throughout the week. Can you show up on the softball field and be present and compete no matter what's thrown your way? So now and there's bright yellow socks. Right. So now it's just like a joke. Like it's not a joke. They love it. They, it's great. But a little staple piece. I give them to the toughest person of the weekend and they rock those socks, man. They pull them up. They travel with them. They wear them to the yard. Uh, They take a lot of pride in those socks now. And it's
1: a visual, it's a visual representation. No different than like in the college football Saturdays where the dude gets a sack or recovers a fumble and they get the big chain with the logo on it. Right. I mean, no different. It's a visual representation in a connection to your point to tie back to what it is you want your team to do and be about. And I love how you, how you define toughness. And I merely thought too, I was at one, one weekend series this year and a team didn't play well on Friday. And after the game, Friday night in the locker room, the coach was, was all over the guys about not being tough enough. And then the next day I'm doing my individual meetings with players as I would do the following day, looking at routines. And I'd ask them, I'd say last night coach was getting on you guys for not being tough. What do you think you got to do differently? And they didn't have an answer. Because it was never defined as what toughness was. Like, did they need to stay in there and wear a hit by pitch? Did they need to run harder down the first baseline? Did they need to come out of the bullpen and have more than one pitch for a strike? Like, did they have to stay present no matter what was going on in the game? Because the other team was chirping us from the dugout, and our guys were more concerned about chirping them back, and they were about actually winning the next pitch. Like, if you can't, if you don't define what toughness is in behavior what it looks like, what it doesn't look like, or to your terminology at Florida State, we'd say, that's null, that's not null, right? When someone does something they're supposed to, that's toughness, that's null. When it's when they don't do it, that's not null, right? Yeah. So defining that helps bring clarity to what it is so people can be more consistent. Yeah. And Coop, I think you've done a great job in terms of bringing the clarity to the mental game here. One of the things that you also have in the team room at Florida State is you have a gigantic board that's the yeah. process board the back of the meeting room, could you unpack what the process board or your categories for success are?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, again, a visual representation, kind of we take right in the smarts part of softball. So um, our process board in the back, it's basically at the top, there's a, it's a magnetic board. So it's just like little magnets and at the top is the team we play, On the left-hand side is kind of like all the things that we measure, right? Measurement is motivation. It's clarity. It creates conversation. And then it either gets a yes or a no. So, like, for our offensive categories, um, off the top of my head is 75% situations, 14-plus quality plate appearances, um, three-plus extra base hits, a home run, I think. And then on my end, um, energy, its energy is yes or no. There you go, perfect. So big inning, three plus runs. These are all pretty similar. Still scoring the first, score first. Um, it gets a yes or a no, and then now on my end, so I'm measuring. Our process points, which we mm. can dive into as well. So our energy. Energy was a big thing they were lacking. They've been lacking for a couple of years now. But, again, there was no clarity on the energy. Kaner comes in, helps us get a lot of clarity on what is energy. Um, and we have a little bit even more clarity now, made that a little bit more specific to our team um, and what I have seen through throughout. So a lot more clarity now too um so we have energy and process points so i'll give them a yes or it's a zero or a one you had it for seven innings or you didn't i don't care if we won the softball game if we get to the third inning we have a ton of energy and then we're coasting from three to four to seven because we've got a five run lead you're not getting a yes for energy just because you you won the softball game. wasn't at the
1: standard they're competing yeah. to a scoreboard right. instead of the standard
0: Right, right, we set that we set that we're gonna we're gonna compete to the standard, not the scoreboard. We set that in the fall with caner, um, and we I kept up with it all year long. I have every single game process point um mm. and then we have our defensive and our pitching stuff, seventy percent strikes, seventy percent first pitch strikes, um no back to back or yeah, no back to backs, um I think five out of seven, one two three innings, um uh, just stuff like that, so.
1: So like an example, if I can hear Coop, is like this would be similar to the sheet that you would keep, right? Where you have yeah. points for the visiting team, points for the home team, based off of categories of pace and energy, pitchers, defense, offense. And you're giving points where if somebody has a one, two, three inning, you're giving two points to the to the defensive team for that. If there's a web gem, two points for the defensive team. If there's yep. a lead-out or two-out RBI, it's plus four. So this is the game within the game. And then the other thing that you did, Coop, is you guys dialed in like your dugout intent. What does it look like to have a good dugout? How important was it for you, and what difference did it make to dial in the dugout intent and the dugout energy?
0: Yep, so that's huge because Florida State, we – we take pride and we don't, we're not cheerleaders. We don't disrespect other, we don't cheer about other teams. We don't disrespect other teams. It's all about us, right? We don't really give our energy to the other team, especially cheerleading. I think that college softball has just gone a really not good way with the cheering, you know, cheering against other teams versus for their team. I just not a big fan of that. Uh, we take pride in that. We don't participate in that at Florida State. Um, We have good energy, though. We cheer for our team. Um, And it's just what are we celebrating? So we talk about celebrating the little things. I think that last year they didn't celebrate the little things. They just kind of let them go, and it was just, you know, not so celebrated. So um, literally like little things like quality at-bats, we have a certain thing that we do when we hit a single, a double, a triple. We have certain things that we do. Um, They just have all of these. It's almost like little inside jokes. That they have that just makes the game fun. It makes the outs fun. We play a grind of a season. And, you know, I, you know, baseball is the same way. Even it can be even more so with baseball, you know, grind of a season. So just finding the fun and the energy and all of the little things that we celebrate and all of those things on the backboard. Those are all of our little processes that help us win a softball game. Um, So when we execute those things, we celebrate that because we know that, It's in the execution piece. It's in the pitch by pitch. I don't know if the first inning, the first pitch of the game is going to win the game or if it's going to be the 150th pitch of the game, but like Mm. we're going to keep celebrating us executing our process because we know that gives us the best chance of success. So Mm. it's really changed the, the vibe of our dugout. It's kept, it's, it's been a process in getting there. I, I will say it's been a process in getting there. We took some tough losses early in the season because it just still wasn't there yet. But again, it's a process. It's new. Um, but, you know, just holding them accountable to that. And then now we can go look at the backboard. Okay, this is how many points we got. This is why we got to know for energy. What could we have done better? And little by little, the compound effects sets in and now we're rolling with it. They absolutely love it. They are on my on my butt all the time about giving them points. Like if they're safe, if they're, yes, she did. They're like, Ellie, did you hear that? Let's give me a, my point for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep, yeah, they're so bought in. They're great. So it took
1: a, took a while for them to buy in. It sounds like to that though. It wasn't an instant.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily a, the buy in. It just, they weren't sure how to keep up with it yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. So
1: understanding more understanding than buying it's hard to buy into something i don't understand what to do why to do it when to do it right and i think so many times we look at that like i just did is it took them a while to buy in no it probably took them a while to learn how to do it because it's really difficult because it happens really fast and there's a lot going on but it's possible if you train it
0: yeah for sure and we didn't i mean in the fall we we play our fall games and i only think we had it for like the maybe last two or three fall games Yeah. yeah So it was going to take some time and it took about a month, I would say, you know, and they were always bought into it, but they were still just like a little bit unsure. But again, that's just team. And it it just creates really good conversation too, when you have something to look at, like here's the number, here it is, here's the video, here's the number. And just like, you know, like, uh, like if you see something, say something again, like if you. If you don't address things, it manifests. So Mm. just making sure that we're addressing all of these little things and, and then we have a number to put to it or of some video to put to it and just showing them the visual um, and helping create that connection with that stuff has been huge for them in the understanding piece.
1: It's awesome. We've got coach Ellie Cooper, mental performance coach, Florida state university softball here. Please go ahead and take your questions to the meeting chat. I just want to take a moment to again, thank, Fundraising University CEO Mike Bahoon and Fundraising University for bringing together this group coaching program and let you all know that Fundraising University is always looking for individuals throughout the country who are competitive, empathetic, organized, self-starters, and teachable, similar to the FSAC of Florida State softball. To partner with. So if you're a coach, athlete, or business-minded individual, and you would love to work with athletes and coaches to enhance the student-athlete experience all while owning your own business, please contact Zach Z Sorensen at fundraisingu.net to learn more. We'll go ahead and post that in the chat as well. Ellie, biggest thing that you know now you wish you knew, if you could go back and rewind and talk to the 18-year-old freshman Ellie Cooper about the mental game. What's the biggest thing you know now you wish you knew then?
0: The biggest thing, man, I know so much more now. I wish I would have known this stuff in high school. So the learning curve in college wouldn't have been so hard, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change my career for anything. I know that everything took its place, but Ooh, the number one thing, I think the number one thing, which is probably a little bit cliche is just being really, really conscious and intentional with the environment that I'm developing for myself um, because your environment plays a really big role in your mindset and your lens. It creates your perspective, your lens, right? Um, and and in that environment, giving my energy to the right things. So, right, giving my energy to the things I can control versus can't control, um, I think, you know, at a, at a really young age, I, I see, cause I also work individually with athletes, boys, girls, all different kinds of sports. Um, so I think the biggest thing that I see honestly, is the, the energy to the things that we cannot control in our lives. And it's really easy to do too now with social media and so much access and so much ability to compare yourself to, to the person, to your right and to your left and, So I think just being really intentional about giving my energy to the things that help me develop an environment to really create a really cool mindset and lens and perspective on life and performance.
1: Thought some question came in here for Coach Ellie Cooper. It said, what is the origin of E plus R equals O and the above and below the line behavior?
0: The origin of that is Brian Kane. Um <laughs> so, but no, E plus R equals O. Uh, this is something that kaner has been always been really big on. And I think there's a science to this too. I I don't think it's just words. Um, event plus response equals outcome. And we just were heavy on that. One of our our starting catcher on her glove. Um, She has etched in the thumb of her glove, E plus R equals O, because we know that in life, we cannot control the events, the situations that happen to us or around us, but we can always control our response to those things. And that's going to largely dictate the outcome versus the actual event itself. Um, So... I mean, that's a really big thing. If if you could control your response to anything in your life, you're in control of your life. Life's not in control of you. And we know how easy it can be for life to become in control of us as human beings. So the same thing with performance. And I mean, we hit on that all the time. I think that's why we responded the way we responded yesterday. That's why Kat Sandercock gets the ball and she throws a perfect game versus like, oh no, I hope what happened last year doesn't happen again. Because she was in the same situation last year. She was the pitcher last year. She lost last year but she chose like we have trained all year long, you know, we have created a, the verbiage, the culture of just responding and Mm. our team has responded so well all year long. We have had some tough conversations. We have had some ugly wins, some tough losses and a lot of really tough conversations. And every single time we have a tough conversation, our team responds so well to those things. And that is a choice. Mm. Uh, You know, that's a choice. And I can't I can't train you to choose that. I can't. Um, But I can help you develop a mindset that allows you to choose that. You know, so um, there's no I'm not surprised by our response yesterday at all. Um, So just that and the above the line below the line behavior is, again, it's the clarity piece. We can talk about FSAC all we want. But what does it look like as a behavior, as a family, as a person, as a, as a student, as an athlete? You wear those three hats, right? So Kaner has been awesome with that and getting clarity on the behavior piece and helping us understand how to create that clarity within our programs and within our culture, which is, is the difference maker.
1: Yeah. And to me, it goes all the way back to when I was a grad student at Cal State Fullerton in 2002 and three. And Ken Revisa would say attitude is a decision and you got to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And he came up with this process of the R's of like early research back in like the like this is probably the late 80s, early 90s, where he's talking about recognize, release, respond, refocus, you know, and then it's getting picked up, um if you pick up Jack Canfield's book, The Success Principles, which I think came out in like the early 2000s, he mentioned E plus R equals O. The first person that I've heard really make it more mainstream was Dr. Rob Gilbert with Success Hotline. He referenced getting it from from the Success Principles with Jack Canfield. And then Urban Meyer in his book Above the Line uh, talks about – you know, the E plus R equals O and then the above the line and below the line behaviors, the guys who I hear talk about it the most, uh, Tim and Brian Kite. So I think some of these principles, like controlling what you can control, they're principles that have been around forever. So the origin, I'm sure it probably was referenced by Marcus Aurelius or a stoic a long yeah. time ago, you know, in terms of of that mentality of being in control of yourself. So next question comes in for Coach Cooper. Said, Coach Cooper, um, we have, we, I have a a daughter who's transitioning from high school into college and next year will be her first year in college. Uh, and you kind of touched on this a little bit in terms of what you now you wish you knew then, but what advice would you have to a senior in high school? Who's now getting ready to go play college softball next year, just in terms of the mental game.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, it's hard, but again, it's your response. So welcoming the hard that you're about to go through. Um, And, and being really, I think college softball player being really intentional with your time. Number one, um, Mm -hmm. you can want all of these things, but it's what you do on a daily basis. That's going to set you up for success or failure. It's going to help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, or it's going to make that gap really, really big and impossible and murky. Right. So get really good about managing your time intentionally. So like with my athletes, Tanner introduced this, the one, six, eight, I sit down every fall with my athletes, we're, we're getting your one, six, eight, I've got your class schedule. I know when you're lifting, I know when you have tutoring, I know all of those things. And then we're putting in our sleep blocks and then we're putting in when we're eating. And then we're putting in when we're doing our homework, when we're doing our content for our NIL, like all of these things, because then I can wake up, I can know my plan. I can put my feet on the ground and I can just go execute one moment at a time just like we talk about playing one pitch at a time we're going to execute today with mm-hmm. a ton of intention one moment at a time and little by little little becomes a lot the process starts to set in and we're rolling but if you don't have clarity on that stuff that can that's going to kind of create a little bit of anxiety um you know life catches up on you really fast it's really hard to manage the student the athlete the social life the family life the relationship life and all of that starts to become a lot and then your perspective your lens gets skewed a little bit and we can get really negative and and just the compound effects that's in with that on the on the reverse side so i think just the really intentional days um and having a ton of purpose to help you close that gap is huge
1: it's awesome. Yeah. The one sixty eight meaning there's 168 hours in your week. So are you intentional about where your time is going and coach Cooper, just got to be time for one more question here. And the question was, do you teach pre-pitch routines for defenders and base runners, or is it just pitchers and hitters?
0: Oh, it's, it's everyone. I, I would say, um, we, as we talk about like the pre-pitch routine with the pitchers and my hitters, like, we'll talk about the pre-pitch routine and then we talk about how we're going to do be do this on defense too. And just like really understanding how your breath helps you and how your routine helps you. And, and then we start talking about, okay, what's, what does my routine look like in between innings? What does my routine look like in between games? What does my routine look like before the game, after the game? Like then we start deep dive into routine. Like there is you routine, everything.
1: <laughs> Love that. Love that. And then, I just want to let everybody know here, Coach Cooper, if they had questions for you or wanted you to maybe come come speak to their team or speak at a coach's clinic, anything, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
0: Uh yeah, you could just DM the Instagram. Uh, Instagram is at coach E L Cooper. So Coach L Cooper. Um, yeah, that's probably it.
1: Awesome. And I know coaches like to know our next upcoming guest. You can always see that in the dashboard. Uh, And I know we have a call tomorrow where we'll be breaking down. What did we take away from coach Cooper today? But our next one hour guest will be Monday, June 5th. That will be Tom Haley. He's a assistant associate head gymnastics coach at Oklahoma, seven time plus NCAA national champion who builds mental performance into what they're doing every day with one of the most elite and top gymnastics programs in the country. So um, we'll celebrate Oklahoma then. Until now, in Oklahoma, they've become the target here for NCAA softball. They've been like the Alabama football, which they were, of 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 college softball right now, Coop. So if you want to be the best, you got to dethrone the best. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. But for, for now, great job executing on this call today. Win the day, and looking forward to seeing you guys get after it with the Georgia this weekend.
0: Yeah, we're built for tough, so we'll be all right. I love that. Great response.
1: Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Coop.
0: See ya.